Uh, good morning, Hello City Limits listeners. Well, it's morning for me, but it may be, well, typically it's late afternoon or evening, wherever you are. Or if you're listening to this, maybe on the weekend. It could be the morning, or the afternoon, or the middle of the night. Who knows? But it's Will Young here. Welcome to Elwood City Limits. It's time, once again, for something that we do every time we finish a season of Arthur That Was. It's time to talk about our season that we just that we just watched. As my co-host Lucas Mancini and I, we will be going through it in general and then talking about our top five episodes. Now, we want to, of course, thank you so much for sticking with us for not just this season, but for as long as you've been with us. I know that there's several people who have emailed in to us to say that they're going through the whole show or they're going through it again, which is quite the undertaking. I mean, that is serious dedication. We are up past 175 episodes at this point, and that's and that's only mainline episodes. If you're listening to everything... It's going to take you a while. I mean, I've been uploading uh, the episodes onto YouTube, and I have it scheduled to, like, mid-August at this point, and we're not even done. Like, I'm only just now getting to the previews of For the Kids. Not all of the epi- not all of the Elwood City Limits content is up on YouTube, and I started in January, so we just... <laughs> It's just a lot. You don't realize how much stuff accumulates until you kind of look back and realize, wow, I uh, we really have been doing this for a long time. We will be likely broadcasting something around our uh, um, six-year <laughs> six anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks here. But for now, this is coming up the first week of August. And we have this, which we will be getting into in just a moment. Um, don't have any emails, but we will be back next week with a new episode of Elwood City Limits. I just wanted to mention one more time. We've said so on the main podcast. We've been saying so on Patreon for a while. But if you weren't aware, uh, today, releasing at about the same time as this episode on the Patreon feed, we have the first and what I hope to be a series of episodes or just explorations let's say it's called a word from us kids i got to sit down and interview two lovely women who have been on the arthur show as part of a word from us kids um katherine door and holly holland and i know the holly holland one you have been waiting for but katherine has some really cool stuff to say as well it was so great to talk to them it's an hour-long episode the interviews are so much fun they were both really great to speak to so i'm really proud of the episode and i really hope our patrons are going to enjoy it um and if that sounds good to you i will just remind you that patreon.com slash elwood city limits is pay what you want uh all it takes is a dollar and you get Every single episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, you get this episode of A Word From Us Kids that's coming out today. Uh, I'm not going to put a preview for it up on the up on the up on the free feed. So you'll, if you want to hear it, you got to go to Patreon. We have an exclusive interview with Jason Schwimmer, the voice of DW over there, and the voice of the Finding DW podcast. By the way, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, search Jason Jason Schwimmer on YouTube, or check out our socials. He just put out a really interesting video on uh, a website called VIP Kid, which I almost worked for at one point. Anyway, we've got tons of exclusive. 
uh, content over there. You will likely also get some of that content early. And I will tell you this. I'm not willing to go into details about this just yet. But there's some big changes coming to the Patreon in terms of the content we're making and uh, the scheduling of it. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you to everybody who has um, decided to pay us a little something. Listen, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can just be a dollar a month, and then we will gladly give you everything that we have uh, have up to this point. And thank you on the podcast as well. Thanking people such as Sid Ups, Wolf Lover, Zodiac, Cat Dog, Jenny Cardenas, Rory Forever, Derek Richopo, Charlie Heckman, Gabby S., uh, Kirsten, uh, thanking people like Sydney Long and Bob Yee, Alistair, Valeria, and Revd, as well as Peebs, former guest on the show Peebs, Sierra S., Shayna Bennett, Jake Bailey, and uh, let's say John Dulong. My good buddy, John Dulong. Hey, if it's been a while since I've read your name on the show, please let me know. Uh, I kind of just go randomly. I look down the list and like, eh, what's a fun name to say that I haven't said in a while? So if it's been a long time since I said yours, please let me know. So yeah, Patreon is popping right now. Really proud of the content we're putting on there, and we've got some big plans for it. So again, patreon.com slash Limits. But I'm also very aware I don't want this to sound like a hard sell. You do not have to join the Patreon in order to get Elwood City Limits or really to, you know, if you, if this if you are just here for Elwood City Limits, cool. We're so happy you're listening. Please don't feel obligated to spend any money. We are not um supporting ourselves with this money. This is just like it's like a thank you. I always want to think of it as a thank you. Um and we are very very humbled and fortunate that a lot of people to date have decided to give us a little bit of money and we want to give them back a little something. As as a thank you for the thank you in a weird recursive loop. <laughs> All right. Before I start to ramble, I'm going to throw this over to Lucas. Uh, so, Lucas, I'm going to be listening to this as well. I mean, I always listen to them because I edit them as well. But Lucas has gone back and uh, watched some of the episodes that he wasn't here for. We had a few guests this season. And I'm interested in what he's going to say. And I bet you are too. So, let's kick it over to Lucas. Good evening, girls and ghouls. I don't know why I'm talking like that. It's not October. Uh, we're actually in the throngs of August. It's very hot today. Um, and you know what it's good to do on a hot day. No, it's not jump in the pool. Let's talk about Arthur Season 14. Um, and this is going to be a little bit different of a top five because uh, I've been busy this year. So I've missed a lot of episodes this season. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity. I'm just going to turn my audio up a little bit because that seems like it's recording me pretty quiet. Hey, test one, two. Okay, yeah, there we go. Um, we've missed the opportunity to talk about some really unique Arthur episodes. And I'm kind of lamenting that. Usually when I miss an episode here or there, I just kind of let it go into the ether because uh, I'm busy. Uh, but season 14 has been really special. I've kind of grown to love Arthur again, and that's not to say that I've ever fallen out of love with Arthur, but I, there was a noticeable kind of dip in the consistency of the quality episodes. There's, of course, quality episodes in every single season. That's why we do these top five videos. But there was a noticeable dip in the consistency of quality episodes, you know, post-season six, I would say. Um, and season 14 has been quite the breath of fresh air 
I feel like since season six, this is the hardest it's been to isolate five episodes to highlight. It's really a whole season of great episodes with maybe one clunker. Um, so if you were picking any time to get into quote unquote new Arthur, and I know by new, you know, this season's already 12 years old. Uh, I would say season 14 is as good of a place to dip in than any. So before we get into my top five, I'm just going to quickly, I watched all six of these Arthur episodes today. I'm just going to quickly dive into, um, my, my quick, very brief thoughts on each one of the ones I missed. So starting in, in chronological order with the wheel deal, um, I liked, you know, the Buster microphone gag of Buster having like a banana and then ice cream as a newscaster. Um, I, I think of course is, it was a very good moral for this episode. Uh, though brain still kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Uh, and I will say that the highlight for me of this episode is the mighty mountain guy, uh, at the end of the basketball game, when he is foiled, he makes a really incredible noise that I haven't listened to Will's episode about it, but I hope they tackle the, the weird kind of whiny voice the Mighty Mountain guy has. Next up, the Buster Report. Uh, this episode might make a, a, a another appearance. Um, so, uh, you know, keep this stuff in mind as I'm talking about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a Buster guy. I've always had an affinity for Buster. Um, and this, I thought, was a really, really cute and wholesome episode. There's other episodes this season that really, uh, you know, I have a cold, black heart, uh, uncaring. You know, I, I like the mean, nasty Arthur episodes. But this episode uh, has just some really adorable moments where, you know, George wants to do his report on Buster because he thinks Buster is such a good person and someone that he looks up to. And, and Buster's kind of misunderstanding it because he thinks it's for all these other different reasons. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's actually just because George, you know, thinks Buster's a good guy. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, and, you know, we have some really good moments with, uh, you know, an Arthur version of Steven Seagal, as well as Mr. Rapper's former life as like a new wave rocker in the sewer rats. So this Buster's, this Buster, this episode is worth seeking out for that alone. Next, we have Philosophically. Uh, the Neil Gaiman one, otherwise known as the Neil Gaiman one, uh, probably the most unique episode of this season. Maybe the Africa one is a little bit more unique or, or at least non-standard in format. But in terms of just like a regular Arthur episode, um, this one's kind of bizarre. Uh, Sue Ellen comes up with uh, essentially the, the old novel Flatland, you know, a, a story about uh, circles and triangles. She's inspired by Neil Gaiman. And uh, the moral of the story is that when people look at art, they can kind of take different things away from it. And as long as you've engaged them and started the conversation, you've been successful as an artist, uh, which is, again, kind of an outside moral. I, I wasn't sure where this one was going. Um, so really, really unique, though. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get to later if it gets on my list or not. But uh, also we get the new character of Suellen's friend, the falafel salesman, who I thought was, I got a kick out of. Sorry if you could hear those fire alarms. They're, they're, you know, the fire trucks are coming to my house because of all these hot takes. I'm actually going to use this opportunity to take a drink of water. The next couple episodes are probably, you know, of course I wanted to watch the Neil Gaiman guest star one because that's just like so weird, you know, Neil Gaiman in a tiny Neil Gaiman in a falafel. Like that's so strange. Uh, but the next couple episodes are ones where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I went back and watched these. Because these are like really weird, unique Arthur episodes. Uh, this one, 
just barely missed getting in my top five. Uh, it's the Great Lint Rush. This is, you know, we, me and Will have been getting sick and tired of the baby episodes. And when I say baby episode, I mean specifically the baby and pal, baby Kate and pal. And this is a baby Kate and pal episode that's used as an analogy for the economy? Which I thought was just like, what a choice. Given that, you know, usually those are the episodes that kind of get into the most Rugrats territory. They almost start to stop to feel, they stop feeling like Arthur episodes at a certain point because they feel kind of below Arthur's usual subject matter. This instead is like this weird kind of uh, inverse animal farm-esque uh, allegory for capitalism uh, with evil Mr. Toad, Toady's husband. Uh, I thought this was great. Uh, not good enough to get on my top five in a season as good as this, but, uh, you know, kind of an argument to continue the Kate and Pal episodes. I was sick of them, uh, and then I had no idea they were going to do something like this with them. And then next we have, uh, Tales of Grotesquely Grim Bunny. Tales of the Grotesquely Grim Bunny. Uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think Arthur was going to do parodies of the likes of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Uh... This is crazy. Uh, another reason I'm happy that I uh, watched this episode before I finished it, I was like, oh my gosh, they're writing off Freddie K. You know, I didn't even get to know Freddie K. Just as, as soon as I knew him, they're getting him rid of him on the show. But uh, spoilers for the episode, Freddie K eventually comes back. Um, this one just has to be seen to be believed. I mean, I've never thought that Arthur would uh, parody these kind of like goth, like grim adventure of Billy and Mandy you know, Def Jr., Invader Zim, again, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Squee type aesthetics, and how, like, Arthur's kind of, like, skeezed out by them. Uh, really cool, unique episode. And if it was any other season, this would probably make it on the list. I was really into it. Um, also, Gerald, throwaway character of the week. Oh, my gosh. The, uh, you know, Freddie K was the perfect portrayal of the nice comic book shop owner, and then we get Gerald, who is the spitting image of when you go into an, uh, any sort of nerd hobbyist store, the the not nice version, or the one that's like really annoying to deal with. Um, and another detail I just want to mention before I move on, this is going to be like our longest top five ever. Before I move on, uh, I, I really like that everybody else was too grossed out by the comic to keep reading it, but Fern was like, actually, I think it was pretty cool. Um, this final one, uh, Pet Projects. Uh, this was probably of the ones that I missed my least favorite, but it's still a pretty good episode. Um, you know, it reminded me of a story from my childhood where me and my friend, uh, made videos or movies rather of his guinea pig in a uh, small Christmas village pretending the guinea pig was like Godzilla. So, uh, it's pet projects. Buster and Ar Ar Arthur are entering this contest, uh, with their, their pets um, it's of course got our, and I can never remember her name, but our favorite Paris Hilton standee, you know, timeless reference. Um, uh, and this is kind of her introduction in the season. Uh, and she is as dated as ever. You know, the joke is that she's so unintelligent and stupid. Uh, you get it folks, you get it. She's, she's, she's vapid and empty. You get it? You get it? Uh, yeah, it was the, it was the mid two thousands. It was a different time. Uh, and I liked, the main thing I liked about this episode was all the movie references and the movie puns. Um, and I do like the ending where uh, Buster makes the documentary about them both making the documentaries. And that's what ends up winning. But everything else was just kind of standard. Again, not bad, 
this is a great season. I don't think any of the episodes are particularly bad, uh, but this one is just kind of uh, for forgettable compared with the last rest. So those are my thoughts. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm already running out of breath. I'm going to take another drink of water. I'm about to hit the 10-minute mark, folks. Hmm. Those are my thoughts about the ones I missed. But what gets on the list? Who's in the top five? Well, I won't spend too much time on this because I just talked about it, but number five is the Buster Report. I'm a Buster man through and through. Uh, you know, I can't uh, I can't lie. I'm a little bit biased, but I, I think it takes a lot for an Arthur episode to make me be like, aw, that's so sweet. Um, and the Buster Report does that in spades. Uh, and, and this is number five. You know, you can sort of think of the Great Lint Rush and the tales of gro the grotesquely grim buddy those are like an honorary number six. They tied for the number six slot. Next is DW Unties the Knot, a hilarious DW episode. One of the funniest episodes of this season. Um, sort of a parody of like TLC style shows with a really great uh, um, original moral of, you know, don't believe everything you see on TV, but it doesn't talk down to the audience. Uh, it does it in really a fun, creative way. Number three is Agent of Change. Um, this episode, I think, is a really important episode this season, and I was really impressed with it. It's an episode dealing with the subject of female representation in media, and I was worried at the start that it was going to be overtly preachy and kind of dumbed down and obvious, uh, but instead it rings true through and through. It really does feel like um, speaking to kind of uh, women wanting a role in their portrayal in media uh, and it's a very funny episode, and I especially loved the ending of the episode, how, like, Biggie likes their movie so much at the end. Um, and I would say that this is kind of one of the highest compliments I could pay any Arthur episode, is that I told the non-Arthur fan people in my life about it. I was like, oh, you know, there, there was an Arthur episode that tackled uh, the role of women's representation in the media. Um, so that's, that's pretty high praise for Agent of Change. Number two, and I think this is going to be one of the bigger discrepancies between me and Will's list, and, and keep in mind that I go back, because I don't have that great of a memory, I, I go back and listen to my thoughts from throughout the season, uh, and this was one of the earlier ones we reviewed, and one of the reasons this is so high on my list is because I uh, had said I had loved this one, and as I started to think about it, I, I remembered why. Nicked by a name. Uh, the best brain episode of all time. Uh, and that's saying something, you know, we've We've spent uh, 14 seasons with Brain, and it seems like he's just gotten more and more annoying. Um, and so it means a lot that in, in this far down the line, they've finally cracked the code and made a really good Brain episode. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm mean-spirited, but I kind of like the I, I kind of like seeing the Arthur Gang's kind of vitriolic, nasty side. Uh, I like seeing the juxtaposition between their, them being nice and them being mean. And I liked this big climax with them hurling insults during the soccer game and then the enemy team getting confused during the soccer soccer game. Just a just a episode that really tickled me in particular. And number one, and this is really kind of a curveball, the number one episode of a really fantastic season is All the Rage, uh, a Muffy episode, would you believe it or not? Uh, and this episode is, I think, a really special Arthur episode. Because uh, as opposed to, again, falling into the trap of just basic moralizing, saying that fashion is shallow uh, and needless, uh, it instead takes the higher road 
and saying that fashion can actually be a celebration of the self, a expression of oneself. Um, it can be an expression of your self-confidence, you know, what makes you, you, um, and really that's what it's all about. Um, and it's really, really funny. Um, it, it's predicted the future, you know, the knit hood as a fashion trend. Um, and it, uh, again, it, I was talking earlier about, uh, the Buster Report, how it made me go, aww. This is kind of the ultimate Arthur making me go aww moment. This is probably one of my favorite, this is the reason it's so high on this list is because this is one of my favorite Arthur endings of all time, where Muffy has spent this whole episode trying to, uh, start a fashion trend and she's tried and failed again and again and again. And in the end, um, it's um, Sue Ellen kind of being inspired by her. That's what starts the trend. And it's my favorite type of ending. You know, it's like uh, one that flew over the cuckoo's nest or something where I love an ending where the main character fails only to inspire another character to succeed. Um, and just that moment where Sue Ellen says, you know, I think you're so stylish. And, you know, I was trying to muffy it up. Uh, it sounds silly, but... I thought it was, I was really heartwarming, really intelligent, funny, and basically all the things that make Arthur, Arthur. So that was kind of my standout episode for the season. This is one of those ones where I cannot wait to hear what Will thought of this season. Um, I really, if you folks have been kind of tapped out, if you've been watching the episodes, you kind of just listen to us talk about it, or maybe you're kind of, this is your first time listening to the top five, I cannot recommend season 14 of Arthur enough. Um, this is a good sign. You know, if this writing quality holds up, me and Will have been joking about kind of dreading these Flash episode seasons. And that's the thing that's going to get us through it, is that if the Flash episodes, if the animation looks really unsightly and hideous, if the writing is of this quality, I think we're going to stick it through and, and have a good time. Uh, but me and you folks, we're going to figure that out together with Will uh, next season of Arthur. I don't think it's Flash next season, but I'm just saying, you know, on this on this audio journey that we go on with one another. So that's it. That's season 14. Uh, thanks for listening to my thoughts. Um, and have a great day or night, everybody, whenever you're listening to this. Hey, it's Jason Schwimmer, and I'm from the Finding DW podcast. You can support this podcast by following on Facebook, there at Elwood City Limits, Twitter at ECL Podcast, Tumblr, Elwood City Limits. IG, as the kids say, Elwood City Limits. If you want to send them an email, drop them a line at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. This podcast, the one you're listening to now, is available on iTunes, on Spotify, youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits, and on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you want that extra sweet, sweet content, Check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Elwood City Limits. How'd I do? Thanks, Lucas. Um, I'm recording this in the same session, so I don't actually know what he said yet, but I'm really interested to hear it. And uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see, of course, now how he and I are going to agree or disagree with our specific points. I'll say quickly about season 14. Um, this one was good. Like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Arthur here. Because we've been doing this for so long. And I'm definitely guilty of being the, like, 
man, season one was so good. There's some good episodes these two. Like, just being the real Arthur old head, I guess you'd say. We, Lucas and I, love to use that term. And I keep thinking, like, well, it's going to get bad sometime. And, I mean, statistically, maybe. But really, we've had drops in episode quality here and there. But, like... The show itself, this we're in like 2010 at this point, this is still pretty strong. And a lot of the episode ideas that they have, at least, are getting stranger and stranger. And I think that's been a trend throughout all of these season recaps of like, wow, this just keeps getting weirder. And they they keep going for wide swings with stuff. It doesn't always work. Like uh, the, uh, the episode uh, Around the World in 11 Minutes. It's just like, ah, no, I'd rather just watch Rugrats, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, you have this cadre of weird characters, the babies and the dogs, and it's just like, eh, might as well try and do some, like, off-the-wall stuff with it if you have that those kinds of toys to play with. And, I mean, the great lint rush, it, like especially when you compare it to Around the World in 11 Minutes, I actually look back on it kind of fondly. I don't remember what my opinion of it was at the time. I want to say maybe probably pretty middling. But it's just like, okay, well, that was at least kind of a wacky idea, you know? And it's memorable, you know? If you, t- if you say the great Lint Rush, I know exactly what happened in that episode. So there is something to be said about that. And still, like, there are definitely episodes that don't hit. It's a, it's a season of essentially 20 stories. So they're not all going to be fantastic. But every once in a while, you do hit one that's like, oh, this is really good. Or even, like, I'm, one of the things that's motivating me forward is I want to see the next Arthur all-timer. Like, Lucas and I, just judging on our nostalgia and when we grew up, a lot of our Arthur all-timers are early in the show. But the longer we go here, and the more we listen to you, the listener, we find out that, like, well, it could be that season 14 is very nostalgic for you. We have a lot of younger listeners, younger than us, which not hard these days, that grew up with the episodes that we are watching right now on Elwood City Limits. So they remember them very, very fondly, more so than early Arthur. So I want to keep that in mind and keep myself open to that. And I, that, which is why I like doing these kind of exercises at the end, these the top five ranking, because it allows me to think about it in that way. And then I'm just like, wow, yeah, actually, some of these were really, really good. And we always try to be positive on here. We never want to approach this with with a, with a sense of nitpickery or critique. You know, it's not we're not doing like serious critique here. We just want to be honest about our feelings as two guys who enjoy being critical of media critical can be a little bit of a a little bit of a a barbed word these days of just like we're not looking to critique or even really constructively critique because these episodes are 10 years old the show is already over so uh it's not like we're gonna affect any sort of change here but we do want to be honest about how we feel and we both enjoy lucas and i both enjoy you know movies music all this kind of stuff as i'm sure you do and approaching it from a critical eye so uh, it also makes me feel like a big man to uh, have uh, adult opinions over children's television show, which is, I'll just say it's half a joke. So my top five, let's start it off. Number five, before we start off, when I tabulated this together, <laughs> this top five list, I was surprised at the characters that appear on this. So 
keep track of this as I go forward of like, wait a minute. He picked whose episode? Yeah. All right. Number five. <laughs> we started off as we mean to go on. Muffy and the Big Bad Blog. I like seeing Arthur, the show, update itself for the audience it's in. You know, when we started in 1996, computers were still very nascent in terms of being a household thing. And, you know, you get episodes like Arthur and the Deep Dark Seed. I know that's not the name of the episode, but the one where Arthur plays the computer game. And that's what computers were for. We're not talking about internet back then. We're talking about, like, you did it for computer games or you did it for work, like Mom Reed does. And now you move forward in the timeline where we are, you know, practically 15 years and now we have to update this for blogs. I thought it was really fun to talk about blogs as a thing, which I wonder if any of you listening um, just completely missed blogs. Like if you were young enough to miss that trend that was going on around when this episode came out, because, you know, it went from blogs to, you know, blogs that integrated into social media. And then thanks to social media, you didn't really need blogs anymore. I'm sure that some still exist, and I also sometimes like, should I do a blog on something? And then I'm like, no, nobody reads blogs. I thought this was a really interesting um, subject to tackle. It was a little, um, you know, it, it is number five, and that was because it's, you know, blogs didn't end up being as much of a thing to caution kids against, but it was a fun tool to give to the Arthur characters and to see how they interact with them and with Muffy as well. It made a lot of sense. So I liked the little back and forth that her and Francine had about um, about things. I really think that, well, okay, I have a point to make about Muffy, but maybe I'll save that for later. Uh, mild spoilers. So yeah, I, did, I just thought this was uh, quaint in a, in a good way, and I remember it fondly. Number four, The Buster Report. Um, this one, I had to kind of go back and look at, because it was early in the season, and figure out, like, what was in this again? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, really fondly remembering. So just, like, George making a report about Buster. And it was something that I thought would be a little bit, uh, a little sugary in terms of, like, oh, he's making a report about his friend. But then there's a lot of, like, off-the-wall stuff in there, as I've said before, where it's it really makes it memorable. And it uses Buster very well. I want to say that they have been doing... Very, I think we've been critical, as I said before, of Arthur, the character, being like... We're kind of spinning our wheels with Arthur a little bit, especially with you know episodes like Arthur Unravels, where it's like, uh, he's anxious about this again. But we managed to keep finding new stuff for characters like Buster to do, and this is this is really interesting. Where Buster kind of gets in his own head about like, what do I even do well? <laughs> like, what is there to write about me? And then it does end on a very positive note, without being too too cutesy poo, as Mister Burns would say. Um, and I liked it. I uh, appreciate George being used, and I think this was also a good sign of, like, the legacy characters, quote-unquote, of Arthur. You know, Buster, Binky, DW, those those types can still be used very, very well and in an entertaining way. And I really like the discussion I had uh, with Cash about it. Check out our episode with that. 
Speaking of Buster, number three, Buster Baxter and the letter from the sea. This is kind of the same reason why I like the Buster report, but it's also, it is much more Buster focused and it allows itself to be a little bit more out there, even more so, because we're talking about, you know, dreams where Buster goes <laughs> down into the sea. We're talking about Atlantis. We have this pun- punchy-ish uh, storyline about a sea captain who gets lost in the Arctic and then turns out to be the character that we've been talking to the whole episode. I don't know. It's it's some really fun ideas going on in here. And just, I, I, I really liked talking and thinking about this one. And it just, it just, again, Buster is such a good, fun character, and it's really cool to see that they still have good ideas for him. Number two, almost couldn't believe this when I was going down the list. All the rage. We're in a Muffy Sans, y'all. Like, I really believe that. I really think that they're finally figuring out a way to make Muffy a character you want to see. Uh, I don't, you know, there's no blame here or anything like that. You know, In the early days of Arthur, they were still trying to make Muffy somebody that you could relate to, even in the first episode that she was really introduced. Um, but for a while, I think depending on who's writing her, she can. she's an easy joke. She's an easy butt of a joke or just an easy antagonist as well, which is fine. As, you know, some of the other characters can be. You can make Francine an antagonist very easily. You can make Binky an antagonist or the tough customers. But it's also like, you know, you can only do that for so long and then be like, okay, can we move on from this? Can we, like... And not to say that all the rage made Muffy especially deeper, but it made her funnier. Like, some some of my biggest laughs of this season came from this episode. I thought it was really strong, and it endeared me to Muffy in a way that we, you know... This is going to be a weird comparison, but uh, my wife and I are watching the show Dave on Disney Plus, which is uh, the rapper Little Dicky's uh, show that's kind of about himself. But in the show, I think something I like about it, because, you know, Little Dicky, there's a lot of stuff to dislike about him. Sure, uh, I don't really care for a lot of his music, but what I do appreciate in the show is that he makes himself the butt of the joke to an extreme degree, and not to say that it endears me to him, but it does also make me feel like, okay, so maybe he understands the public perception of him and can twist that to make good entertainment. Now, Muffy is not a real person, but I think that instead of just making her a one-note character, we can laugh at her expense while also helping her to grow within the confines of an episode and actually be closer to a real person. And I think this was a big step in that direction. Like, even just, I'm just thinking now, like, the 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 screenshot of Muffy um, showing up to Sue Ellen's place and looking like she's been up for three days, hilarious. Like, some of the images and jokes in this episode will stay with me. And, yeah, I can't believe another two Muffy episodes made it onto this. And that says to me that we're using all of the meat on this particular uh, cut when it comes to Arthur, which is good. Because when, when you know, the Arthur stories or the DW stories aren't so great, which, by the way, some really good DW ones in this season. Um, thankfully, I'm hoping they're pivoting away from making her the, like, character for younger younger Arthur viewers um yeah it just it, it's it's great to see that in the case of Muffy or Buster we can still do stuff with them that's interesting number one 
probably one of my favorite Arthur guest appearances ever. Like, maybe, probably not my favorite. I'd still say that's Mr. Rogers, which, you know, again, the old head thing. But Neil Gaiman in Philosophy, that's my number one. Like, I just thought that was a really strong episode. I really liked um, Sue Ellen's focus, first of all, and I liked her thinking about how to become a writer. I mean, this also, it's my number one because it appealed to me because it actually gave me some good writing advice and Neil Gaiman is a person that (laughs) if you listen to the episode I don't dislike I just also I don't love him or anything I know people who love Neil Gaiman and that's cool um but in this episode I kind of saw why I saw a little bit of it it's the rare Arthur guest appearance where it's like you get to see a little bit of their personality and he seems like a decent guy but he also seemed like he had something to say and it seemed genuine versus not to not to pick on the guy, but like um, Mike Fink in uh, Buster Spaces Out, I, I wouldn't say I got his personality from that guest guest appearance. It's more just like, yeah, yeah, Mike Fink is here, and he is space man. But with Neil Gaiman, I think that was a really cool way to work it in. Um, he, you know, we got to see some of that classic over OTT um, out there Arthur imagery. Uh, with Neil Gaiman, what are you doing in my falafel? We got to talk about falafel, which made me quite hungry. I should really get some of that uh, from one of the places here in Halifax. And I really look back on this quite fondly. It is, I I do believe it's one of, the, I would put this in probably the top three of Arthur Guest uh, appearances. It'd be like what? Mr. Rogers, Neil Gaiman. Uh... You could argue Matt Damon, I suppose. Uh, that, I think, is at least significant. That would be in, like, your top five. Um, and there's probably some others that we haven't seen yet, I'm sure, that would go in there. Um, but, yeah, best guest appearances. Uh, it, it's up there. It, it's really up there. So, yeah, really strong episode. And I remain very positive about the future of Arthur from this crop of five episodes that I have here. And I'm really looking forward to covering season 15 and beyond with you guys. As I've said before, and I won't dwell on this this time, but there's the, there's always the possibility that Elwood City Limits won't be able to cover absolutely every single Arthur episode that ever existed for whatever reason. Life happens. Life changes. And I just hope that we're all able to enjoy what we have right now. Because as far as I know, next week we will be starting... Elwood City Limits with Arthur Season 15, and we will be going forward. I would love to cover all of Arthur. Will it happen? I hope so. Maybe. We'll see. But for now, we will be continuing Elwood City Limits at least into next week. Let's keep thinking about it on a weekly basis. And yeah, we're going to be talking about 15. And I already have that Taylor Swift song in my head, uh, because there's always a lot of Taylor Swift playing uh, in my apartment, not necessarily by my choice, but it's hard to not think of that in in, in, in light of that. So what uh, what did you think of season 14? At this point, of course, we love when you send uh, your top five episodes to us. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. You can also send it to us on social media. We just love to hear from you. So don't forget to email us. Send us a message on social media. And keep up with us, of course, wherever we are. And... Uh, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Nothing to report on Best of Halifax just yet. We will let you know if we get uh, voted uh, nominated in 
and then we will begin the voting process, maybe, hopefully, we'll see. All right, before I take this too, too long, I will just say thank you so much for supporting us. Really looking forward to season 15, which I'm to understand, and as I mentioned before, the last season with traditional animation, so you better believe I'm gonna be savoring that for as long as we have it. For Lucas Mancini, my name's Will Young, and we'll see you on next week's new episode of Elwood City Limits. Uh, this is Will after the fact. Uh, I just realized that I didn't say anything about In My Africa, which I do really like, but I think I like those other episodes better. Uh, I will just reiterate what I said in the In My Africa episode. It was really good. I'm really glad that they did it, but it's also what didn't, wasn't like completely an Arthur episode. I felt like a lot of other kids shows could do it. So let's say In My Africa is an honorable mention or maybe shares the, uh, fifth, uh, fifth slot. I, I forgot to write it down. I wanted to make sure to mention it. Sorry. Uh, anyway, bye.